You're listening to Main Character Energy, a podcast that'll teach you how to become that bitch. Main Character Energy gives you a behind the scenes look at how some of the world's most impactful disruptors, innovators, and creatives came from the bottom and embodied what it means to make it in all forms. Now, let's get into the show. So before we dive into this next episode, I just want to share that at the time of this recording, we are entering CultureCon weekend. I am so excited. This is actually going to be my first CultureCon. And if you're not familiar, this is the largest creative festival, and it's a big deal for Black creatives in New York City. Now, CultureCon has actually gotten so huge that they have extended it to Los Angeles now, in addition to the New York version, and this festival is now two-day festival. I'm so excited to be going because for years I've just seen how much it's grown, and I've followed Amani Ellis, who is the founder of the creative collective that produces CultureCon, and she is a force. She's actually one of the first people I was thinking about having on this podcast We will get Amani on this podcast. I'm manifesting it. But because she's just somebody who's so motivational, I mean, she used to work at NBC and she actually was Andy Cohen's publicist. She was there at the time when she was like first starting the Creative Collective and like basically doing all this from her living room, like planning the the first iterations of it. And it has grown so massively. I mean, so many people have been there. Like Sterling Kane Brown has pulled up to CultureCon, Victoria Monet. They just booked Tiana Taylor. And my fave, if you know, you know, my girl Issa Rae is going to be there. And I don't know what to say. I mean, if I get a chance to chat with Issa, I think my life will be made. So manifesting a lot of things, all in all, just want to go and kind of mingle with, you know, other like-minded creatives. I think it's just super dope that there's this space that exists for us by us. And I think that there's a lot of takeaways that I'm going to be able to share on the pod. So very much looking forward to it. Happy Culture Con weekend. Hello, and welcome back to Main Character Energy. Today, I'm sitting down with Danny, who is a diversity coach, she she wears a lot of hats. I mean, she's a diversity coach, she's a talent development strategist. I know you're a speaker. You're the founder and CEO of Thrive Limitlessly, which, by the way, I love the name. Thank it's, you. It's a powerful name. And when I remember when I first came across your business, it reminded me of Insecure. <sighs> you know that scene with Kelly Prenny where she's like, all my friends are thriving in abundance. Yes, yes, <laughs> I love it. Yes, I remember that scene. I remember that scene. Yes, that is I totally like, yes, that is totally what came across for me. It's very powerful. So yes. I, I'm excited to sit down with you. You're all about helping underrepresented professionals mm-hmm. and like building satisfying careers that they love and having like teams and organizations in, in inclusive workplaces and, mm-hmm. you know, a place where people can feel seen and heard. And I think that's amazing. How did you, you know, what drew you to this important work? So I think, so I want to talk a little bit about the name too, because I was was struggling with trying to find a name that, you know, I've heard heard all of these different things like, oh, you know, your first name isn't going to be the name that you like grow into because your business is going to change. And I was just like, you know, I, I was working with a trademark attorney and I was working with a brand professional that asked me questions that I never even thought about, right? In terms Ooh. of like my, you know, my tone, you know, when people think about my business, what did I want them to feel, right? And so I just started thinking about like empowerment. I started thinking about like no limits. I started thinking about all the resilience, persistence. I started thinking breaking about ceilings. all these breaking ceilings, right? I started yes. thinking about all these things. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to just survive. Like I want to thrive, right? And so like, I don't want to have any limits, right? To me, like I wanted to be like no limits. And then I was just like, 
thrive. And of course, working with my trademark attorney, and we just kind of went through a series of names that would work and wouldn't work and things like that. And then we just came with Thrive Limitlessly. And I love it. I think it's growing with me. I don't think that I'm the same brand that I was a couple of years ago. And so I just love what it represents. And I just think Mm -hmm. it kind of aligns with my own personal values and mission. And so, which is really to empower people, right? Especially underrepresented, you know, individuals. So low income, minority, women, first generation of whatever. And so I think for me, I got into this work. So um, prior to transitioning into tech, I spent about 10 years working in education and really serving underrepresented groups, right? I spent a lot of time doing research in my master's and doctorate program, looking at the matriculation of underrepresented students in college. And so I've been doing this work for a very long time Mm -hmm. and helping is what I've been doing, right? I've Mm -hmm. been, I am passionate about helping people ultimately reach their goals, right, and helping them find whatever their path is, right, and what they're passionate about and helping them think about what does that look like for themselves. And so for me, I've always kind of had this this theme, right, about myself. And so I just, I think for me, I've been doing this work for years and it didn't really dawn on me to like start a business, right? I was helping students for free. I was helping professionals for free. And it didn't hit me until a couple of years ago and I was talking with someone who I was introduced with um, through a colleague and she was like, hey, you know, she has a similar background. She's a teacher. She's trying to figure out how to get out of the classroom. She was a white woman. And she was just like, after we got off the phone, she was like, this has been so amazing. She was like, do you charge or like, do you have a business? And I had been thinking about, you know, doing a business plan. And I think it was that gut punch that I needed for someone to say, I would pay you to talk to you because this is so helpful for me. It started clicking. It started clicking for me. And I was like, you know what? This is the gut punch that I needed. I know we're in a pandemic uh, because this was like 2020. I was like, Mm -hmm. I know we're in a pandemic, but I need to really get my stuff together because I am... I, my time, you know, is important. I need to monetize it. I need to like figure out how can I continue to scale and grow and support people and really have yeah. a business model behind it. And that's how Thrive Limitlessly was created. It was created because I was underselling my value, right? And I had been giving my value for free, right? For so many years. And Girl, so it was, it was that it where I was like, you know what? Not anymore. I'm still going to help my friends, my family, but I need to have a business plan behind yes. it. I need to figure out how to grow and monetize my time. Oh, I love that. And it's so authentic because obviously, you know, having your own experiences, right? And then mm-hmm. it being so incorporated to the brand that you got to this point that this is what you did for yourself. So I think that's so powerful, especially for your clients who are coming to you and they yeah. can really believe that this is who you are because it was always who you were and it's not something that you're trying now, which we're seeing a lot of post pandemic and after, you know, the the height of the black lives matter movement and everybody being DEI. Mm -hmm. What's that, what's that like? You know, I think the world almost expects every black person to be a DEI expert. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about like what it looks like to have somebody like you professional from thrive limitlessly come in and tackle these topics and, you know, help people in the workplace and create these inclusive environments versus, you know, going about it the wrong way, essentially, and just kind of having internal people do it, which we know is not not okay to do that emotional labor. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when I when I started my business, I'm like, all right, I know I do career coaching. Right. And at the time, my day to day job was being like a diversity business partner. And I've been doing this line of work since I was in education. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I could probably work with a really small startup companies or higher education institutions, which is where I pivoted from, to help them build out their DEI strategy. And so I was like, there, but there are so many DEI practitioners, right? Like, how do I like figure out my own niche or my own area? Because I don't want to boil the ocean. There's just, I think there's enough for everybody out here, right? 
But I think for me, I was very intentional about saying, hey, I don't want to do training or facilitation. I think there are so many off the shelf options for that. There are so many people that are creating amazing content. You know, we have social media now so you can get on and learn about something in like, you know, two, two or three minutes. Right. And so I was like, I don't want to do that. So I've been very intentional about, hey, if you're looking to build a strategy, right, or DEI approach from scratch, I'm your person, right? I'm going to come in. I'm going to talk with executive leaders. I'm going to understand where they are on their personal journey, right, of DEI. I'm going to talk with employees and do focus groups. Uh, I'm going to look at employee engagement surveys. I'm going to do a DEI audit of your recruiting practices. I want to know what interviewers are asking. And then we're going to talk about what's important to the company. Do you have company values, right? How are we going to embed DEI into that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how are we going to bring, because everyone is at different points, right, in their journey. Some further along than others. Some haven't started yet, (laughs) right? So I think for me, it's about assessing where the company is and really getting a sense of employee sentiment. I think it's really important to making sure that people have an understanding of what diversity and inclusion and belonging, right? Right mm-hmm. means in addition to equitable practices, equitable yes. business practices, right? And it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight. People need to understand it. And then w- what's been helpful for me is understanding what's important to people. It's very challenging to get an executive to understand why DEI is important if they have other things that are blocking them from actually receiving the message that I'm saying. So typically what I go in and do is develop that rapport and relationships with leaders. I understand what's important for them. I understand what's impressing for them and their team, right? And then I try to figure out how can I embed my agenda and what I'm trying to push, right, into the things that they already have going on. So if they're looking to grow their team and they're hiring and their team is short staff, all right, cool. Like, how can I work with you to incorporate, you know, inclusive recruiting practices? Or how can I work with you to look um, and understand non-traditional talent, right, in their transferable skills, right? So for me, it's about meeting people where they are. I'm not trying to shove this down your throat, what I'm trying to do is have a level of understanding and become a partner, right, um, in this work. And I can't do it alone. So I need, we need to meet each other at some point, right? And so I think mm-hmm. for me, that is what's been helpful for me in my practice. And I'm just, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just excited with where I am. I remember when I started oh, my business, I was like, oh, I don't want to do the DEI consulting part too much, right? I want to do the the career coaching because that's where all of my business is. That's where that's what I'm passionate about. I've 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 been an a educator. pivoting professional. <laughs> I'm an educator. I've done the transition before. I know what it looked. That felt easy for me. Yeah. The DEI consulting felt like more of a challenge. It's like, where do I even start? How do I find, you know, like my clients, right? How do yeah. I talk with these institutions and Fast forward a couple of years, I have several clients, several institutional clients, and it's just, it's an evolving, I continue to learn, grow, and be poured into. I don't, for me, it's really important not to come off as someone that has all the answers. I really do more listening than I do talking with my clients. And then Mm -hmm. when they're at a crossroads, I really step in and say, hey, here are some of the things that I'm seeing, some of the trends, right? And here are some of the recommendations or things that you should be thinking about. Oh, I'm so glad that you're having, like, that you're at this point where things just feel easy because I know as a business owner, it gets, you kind of get that pressure to do the, do all the things, like check certain boxes. And I know when I was first starting out, I kind of did that with my agency about like, how agencies should run, but we're in like a new era and you can make your business whatever you want it to be. So why not make it a perfect combination of your best skills? Right, right. Yeah, I remember I had a sorority sister tell me, you know, when you're starting your business, maybe you should focus on one line of business at a time and grow that. And I remember thinking to myself, I remember talking with my partner who's in finance and he was like, but why? <laughs> you know, he was like, I he was like, I think you should figure out like your own financial operating model, right? Mm-hmm. And if you know that your career coaching clients from a monetary standpoint 
you don't charge as much as you would for an institutional client, why would you not spend time cultivating that institutional client side if you know that that's going to help you ultimately drive revenue and pay for your business expenses. Absolutely. So it, it kind of helped ground me from a financial cost standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a, a good call, right? I think you can yeah. cultivate both, right? And when you need to give and take, right? I think you should do that. But ultimately, you know, as a early and new entrepreneur, you should do what helps you drive, you know, bringing in revenue. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think, I mean, obviously you made a good decision with that, yeah. but it's funny. Cause like, like you're saying, like both things are true. Both things can be true. Like both things yeah. are good advice. It just depends like where you're at on that mm-hmm. journey. And yeah. so now that you're on this point in your journey where I like, I can just feel the pride that you feel about your yeah. business and like how great things are going. How do you kind of like vet who you want to work with and who you don't want to work with? Like what's like a red, <laughs> red flag. Yeah. You can't help everybody, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I would say for career coaching clients, I typically ask them if they've worked with career coaches before. I ask them, most of them want to just get into the resume Mm. edits. And I'm like, are you, I've, from a very early point in my career coaching journey, I've been able to help distinguish for my clients that there's a difference between a resume writer, right? And then what I actually do, which is like an interactive resume review session with you where I'm helping you to understand your skill sets, what's not on your resume, and I'm helping you to think through how to position your skills in the midst of a transition because it's very challenging to be in this world, whether it's education, government nonprofit and then you want to try to you know infiltrate into a different industry right and sometimes the language isn't always apples to apples right or even the positions and so you really have to strategically position yourself and your skills and so I help my clients tell you know I, I demonstrate to my clients like I'm not going to rewrite your resume for you that is a different practice that I yes. don't offer right and but I also help them to understand that if you get someone to rewrite your resume you're not going to feel as connected right to your resume or your skills That's right true. and if someone asks you about something on your resume and you didn't write it how, how are you going <laughs> how are you going to look but how are you going to feel confident about speaking to those things when you didn't even write it. So mm-hmm. I think so I think for me it's asking the right questions to my career coaching clients, understanding where they where they are, but then also being unapologetic about what I offer. I offer comprehensive services. I don't just do I'm going to help you with your resume, right? Like because it's when I help people understand that it's more than just about the resume. It's about how are you connecting right with other professionals in the industry? How are you mm-hmm positioning your skills? How are you interviewing? How are you preparing for the transition, right? Like, are you upskilling yourself, right? Like, if you want to transition from a teacher to a software engineer, are you taking any classes? Are you doing any boot camps? It's more than just about what's on your resume, right? And so Mm -hmm. for me, professionals who are just like, oh, I just want to, I just want resume support. And I'm like, I offer holistic, comprehensive support, right? Because it's more than just about the resume. So mm-hmm. I think for me, that's how I'm able to like figure out who's interested in working with me yes. and who's not, right? And I do refer out, right, to other professionals who I know who might want to just offer you the resume service. For me, that's not what I offer. I offer a holistic view of the transition because I know what it takes to make that transition. For DEI clients, again, I always say I am not interested in facilitating or developing content curriculum. I get I get that. I, I can see yeah. why. That just yeah. sounds tiring. Yeah. Because most people want to stop, oh, we want to do unconscious bias training or like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh we want to do foundations of DEI. Like that's how we want to start. And I'm like, okay, great. That's not me. That is all of these other amazing DEI practitioners mm-hmm. In a crowded and resources market. and a crowded market. There are so many options and alternatives that exist, right? For me, it's about understanding the systems that cause the disparities, right? And the inequities and then attacking that, right? And really helping to bring visibility and shed light into those areas. I think that is more important than trying to have a, you know, catch-all training, right? And everyone is going to come out and be an ally and be in championing of DEI. I don't believe that. I believe that 
I believe I put more emphasis on the systems, right? That I, cause I love inequities. that. Yeah, because yeah, it's going just into the DNA of the company. It's it's finding that authenticity piece and seeing that people really want to do the work. Like both with coaching and like the institutions, like you got you got you have to want to get there. You have to want to do the work, and you have mm-hmm. to want to really dive in. And like some things might be ugly. I can, I bet (laughs) with a lot of these organizations, but you have to kind of like run into it. And I like that you were talking about just kind of getting into like, yeah, like the bones of, you know, the hiring and the questions and all those things that are often overlooked because some people might think that, you know, some people hear DEI expert and they think that you're just helping them, you know, get more diverse faces on their website mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, those are kind of vanity things. Mm-hmm. So just kind of diving in deeper and finding that niche. That mm-hmm. sounds like you found a really good yeah. sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an amazing experience. And, you know, even, you know, as I kind of continue to evolve in my business and I'm like, all right, like career coaching is amazing. You know, DEI consulting, right? Like I'm, I'm thriving in, in these two areas. How can I continue to deliver services for both of these clients? And so what right. I've started to do is kind of think about, you know, Thrive Limitlessly 2.0, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I, I am now developing like a suite of digital products, right? For my career coaching clients. And I plan to also do the same thing for my consulting clients, right? So like now I'm like getting into like, you know, how can I continue to, because I love meeting with my clients one-on-one, it's great, but I'm like, how can I take all this information that I share with them in our one-on-ones and how can I promote that to the masses? Absolutely. Like there's so much information in here, but how do I get it out on paper and then help people who might not have the time, mm-hmm. right, to meet with me one-on-one, right? Like, how can I help them, right, economically get the same information and value, right? And so yeah. that's when I started thinking about these digital products, right? And, like, how can I – and I, I am learning so much as, as an entrepreneur, and I also still work full-time. So I work still full-time. I'm an entrepreneur. I have a one-year-old son who's just the apple of my eye. And so there's a lot going on for me, but Mm, that's a yeah, I am learning, I'm growing Mm -hmm. and I am investing in myself and my business. And one thing that I am unapologetic about is advocating for myself and betting on myself. And that's what I try to instill in my clients. Absolutely. Like that is, that's amazing. And you always, of course, have to be your biggest fan, your best advocate, because you have to have that drive in you to keep going and doing all these things. And that's actually what I want to ask you about, because I know that you are huge advocate for wellness and, Mm -hmm. you know, balance. And especially when it comes to, you know, managing a full-time career, a business, child, family, Mm -hmm sister, friend, like all that type of stuff. So how do you incorporate wellness into your professional life? And what does your what does self care look like to you? Yeah, it's such a great question. It's something that I just think about every day. Yes. Not just when I'm super stressed, right? And when I'm burned out, right? Oh, now's a good time to start thinking about self care. No, I have been thinking about it for a while. And so I've kind of in the pandemic when, you know, everybody's mental health kind of, you know, was impacted by like being indoors, not being able to see family, like there was just so much going on. I invested in, you know, working out, right? I invested in a therapist. I invested in when things started to open back up. I went to the chiropractor. Um, I go get massages. Like I schedule my doctor's appointments and like keep up with those. Like, you know, after I had my son, like I was very concerned about postpartum depression and I wanted to get in front of it. I didn't yeah. want I didn't want that to sneak up on me, right? So I was very proactive about just after I had my son scheduling time with my therapist, right? Come on, proactive. Yeah. I love yes. that. Yes, that is that is self-love yeah. right there. Yes, yes. So I think for me, like I, you know, kind of call myself like this life and wellness kind of architect because I'm very intentional about my own well-being, right? Whether it's financial, emotional, spiritual, mentally, Mm -hmm. I think that's important. And I also love positive affirmation. So one of the things that helped me when I was thinking about my brand is I love 
quotes. I love anything that represents strength, positivity, new beginnings. Um, and so one of the things that I do is like on like Instagram, right? Like when I might need a break from work, I like look at those hashtags and I like find quotes that like speak to me where I am that day yes. or that week. Right. And that makes me feel a lot better. Um, yeah, in addition like to like listening reminders. to little reminders to myself, right. In addition to like listening to music. Um, and so for me, it is about listening to my body. Mm -hmm. um, so of course I have like six different calendars that I manage between <laughs> work, my business, my I personal life, my son's life. So for me, like, so there's always something to be done for me. And so what I started doing was creating like a checklist of things because if it's in my oh. mind, it stresses me out. So I need yes. to get it out of my mind and on get paper it on. because mm -hmm. it feels so much more and heavier when it's here, right? Because it's not organized, right? So if I write things down, I, I feel like that has helped me. And what I mean by listen to, listening to my body is that if it's nine o'clock and I just feel depleted, Right. And there might be 20 things on this list that I need to do, listening to my body and saying, you know what? It's for tomorrow. Live to, live to fight <laughs> another day. Right? It'll, It'll be, be there. there. <laughs> It'll be there. Is the, is, is the world going to stop if you don't do these things? I don't think so. I, no. I don't think so. Is so. anyone's life on the line? Like, no, no, no. Right. It's, it, right. it's really not. And it's bits breaking out of some of the, like, you know, some of the norms, some of our societal, yes. Yes. you know, culture yes. and it, yes. it's it's uh, it's a lot of unlearning I can imagine mm -hmm. absolutely a absolutely you know my mom has always instilled in me to work hard to push for what it is that you want advocate for yourself she used to always tell me closed mouths don't get fed so this mouth has been talking has been communicating has been advocating but I'm also like I'm liking this theme and era that we're in of like soft black girl era, right? Ooh, I'm all era. about it. I love it. I was like, yes, we don't always have to be strong. And if we want to yeah. cry, if we want to quit, if we want to, you know, like just stop take a spa doing day. the thing. <laughs> yeah, take a spa day. I remember when Beyonce's Renaissance album first came out and Break My Soul was the first Ooh. song. And she was like, I just quit my job. And at that time, I was working a very stressful job. And I was like, she's telling me to quit my job. <laughs> she is telling me to quit my job because they stressing me out and they're not going to break my soul. And I was talking to my partner. He was like, babe, I don't think that's what she's saying. I don't, I don't think that's how she, I don't think that's how she meant it. Like, I think no, that she it was just, spiritual at the time. It was in the middle yeah. of the um, great resignation. Like, I, yes. I'm just going to go ahead and say Beyonce influenced the great resignation. Yes. I, you know what? I think so. I think so. And, you know, I was interviewing and I was very fortunate to land at an amazing company. And so I think for me, it was it was just about staying true to who I am, not allowing what society has expected of me as a black woman. Like I've always kind of went against the grain. I mean that like um, when I was doing my dissertation, my theoretical framework and philosophy was social constructionism, which really talks about how society kind of constructs these norms, right? And it socializes us, right? We, even mm -hmm. something simple as pink for girl, blue for boy, right? And we kind of grow up with these things or men should take out the trash and women should be, you know, the caregivers in the home, like just these little things that mm -hmm. society has constructed for us. Like, how do we deconstruct those things? How do we go against what is so-called quote unquote expected of us? Yes. And so I think that's how I've always lived my life unapologetically is kind of working against that. It's so hard. It's so challenging because it's so comfortable and familiar, right? Mm -hmm to everyone and so I think for me I've always been intentional about that I love that yes that's amazing and that's an amazing dissertation I think that's yeah. something like really cool to kind of dive into because yeah. like you said we're not always aware of those things and I, because I'm learning so much just even recently I've been so much more aware of you know kind of breaking some of those you know social structures and one mm -hmm. thing that I think has you know was difficult at first and I'm not sure if this, if you like struggled with this or if it came more naturally, but especially as we were talking about kind of deconstructing, like how we view things like in corporate versus in entrepreneurship and even mm -hmm. like 
when it comes to giving back to yourself. And hey, I'm same here, girl. I'm fully in my soft black girl era. I'm here for it. That is like this. Yeah. That's what this podcast is. It's like a yeah. love letter to us in this era mm-hmm. that we're in of being just self, you know, just self love, audacious, like whatever yes. we want to do type of thing. And yeah. it offends people who aren't there sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of people who try to kind of keep these norms of, you know, you need to work a certain way, you need to yeah. come off a certain way. But it's nice and refreshing to be in community with other women and other black women who are going through that because we know how hard we work. We're yes. always working, you know, a million times harder. That's just yes. embedded in us. And so I, I love that it's our time and I, I fully have worked on just having even stronger boundaries against yes. oh. the things other people want to put on me. That's it. That's it. Oh, boundaries. I love it. Yes. yes, talk, yes let's yes, talk yes. about boundaries. Can, can we talk about it? Can we talk about it? Like yes. what has been your experience with that? And what are some boundaries that you've had to put in place with your the life that you want to live? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So yes, I have always, one, I've always been a, a, a strong communicator. And I think it was kind of growing up with, you know, my mom who wasn't a strong communicator. And so she kind of instilled in me based off some of her, you know, things that she struggled with. Like, no, like you're going to communicate, you're going to advocate for yourself, you're going to do all these things that I could not do for myself or that I didn't do for myself. And so for me, I've always kind of been like that, even like in, you know, uh, grammar school or in college or, you know, now in my adult life, one, adult friendships are very hard um, is what I'm learning. But an example of a boundary that I have continued to explore, even as I've evolved and grown and matured in life is just like boundaries with friends, Mm -hmm. right? Realizing that I, I'm a giver, right? And that means that a lot, a lot of people take, right? But yes. don't always reciprocate that, right? And so, you know, one of the boundaries, one of my new and recent boundaries is that this has to be a two-way street, Absolutely. right? Like we have to make sure that we're pouring into each other, right? And if we aren't adding value to each other, right? Like what are we doing, right? Like Thank I you. Have, I have, and value could look different for different types of people, but it's important to communicate what that looks like for you. Like I can't, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what you're thinking, right? So what I have done is to communicate how I want to be treated, even with my friends. And that's a boundary for me, right? It is. You know, I have friends who I talk to every once in a while. um, And we, you know, you know, we just pick up where we left off, right? And, And that's okay, right? And I have friends who I talk to more often and we check in, right? But I think it's important, one, for people to know where they stand with me, but then also for me to teach people how to treat me, right? And if I have an expectation of my friend, right, I'm going to communicate that, right? And it's okay if they have their own boundary that maybe is in conflict with mine, but we can either talk about it or, you know, we can, you know, like figure out where we stand in each other's lives. Um, So that's just one example of a boundary, right, that I've, you know, recently, you know, just came to the realization that like, you know what, everybody isn't going to continue to be in your life, right? No. Some some are just for a season, right? Yes. And that's okay, right? That's okay. There's a, yeah. there's, there's something about, you know, friendship breakups that yeah. I know kind of like when you're starting out in adulthood and, you know, yeah. you kind of realize that your interests are different or you just kind of grow apart. Like maybe it wasn't for a specific reason, but maybe you just aren't staying in community with that person because life took you there or because you have such stark yeah. differences. But it's all about learning that, like you said, I love that people are here for a season sometimes. Or, you know, there's times where you are communicating what you need. You're not getting that or it's not working out. And you have to make that decision that you're not going to let that weigh you down. If your boundaries mm-hmm. aren't being respected, if you feel like you're, you know, being taken advantage of and all those types of things, mm-hmm. it can be draining and friendships can be, can they can be very toxic. Yes. Whereas there might be other situations with friends that worked out or maybe it's or didn't work out or maybe it's been rocky with where maybe the communication styles are different. And so I think that's so important about what you said about teaching other people how you Mm -hmm. want to be treated, because Mm -hmm. 
I think that it takes a lot of working on yourself to get to that point to know yes. that some things are other people's projections. It's not yes. really me. And totally. we're going to address that. <laughs> totally. One thousand percent. Right. And you kind of have to be able to distinguish it like, hey, I've been ex- overextending myself. Right. To the point of exertion. Right. And this person hasn't. This person doesn't return my calls. This person only calls me when they need something. Right. You know, like I'm giving more than I'm receiving. And I don't give to with the expectation that I'm going to receive something back. That's not why I do these things. Sure. However, if, you know, years have passed and, you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, you don't even, you know, we're in the midst of a conversation and it's about you and you didn't even ask me how I'm doing. Mm-mm. Like something is, <laughs> something is, I, it is, it is a true pet peeve. It's a me. pet peeve of mine. Like I'm immediately going to clock that. I don't like it. <laughs> it is a true pet peeve of mine. And there have been friends that I've just had to kind of let go because it's, great. Like I want to help you. I want to support you. And I'm glad that you find comfort in me that you can call me and, you know, tell me what's going on and and know that I'm going to be there for you. But if you can't even say, okay, like, how are you? Right. Is everything okay with you? I know I just kind of put all my things out there, but if you can't even do that, then I just don't think that we're values where our values are aligned and that's okay. I had to learn that there's like, People kind of have this image of you or like this uh, perception of you Mm -hmm. that maybe like you don't even realize that is there. Mm -hmm. They might see you a certain way. Like you said, maybe they like feel comfortable around you, Mm -hmm. can talk to you and they see you that way. But then it's like, but they're not really in it. Like it's like you're kind of seeing me from this distance and holding on to maybe like a memory of me because you haven't been really active and present. And for me, I think I struggle with when things aren't reciprocated well, because obviously it's rude. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Like, obviously that's very rude. And also I just am a very, like, I'm so loyal in my friendships and I have a lot of friendships that I've had just for years and years. And I love to pour into my people and like a lot of people in my life are my chosen family and feel like more family than some of my family. You know what I'm saying? So I just take my friendships so seriously. So I really, you know, a lot of people have, you know, come and gone and taught me a lot of lessons along the way, I would say. Yeah, same, same. I have learned so much. I've had a ton of life experience. I've had some really, you know, long friendships, you know, ultimately, you know, end, you know, mm-hmm. and it, like, you know, friendship, it happens. like you said, are hard. Like, it's sometimes hard. they're even harder than, like, actual, yeah. like, relationships. Oh, I've been more upset about a friend breakup than a yeah. real relationship before. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's 100%. Yeah, but I, <laughs> yes. Totally. And I just think for me, it's just like, you know what, that that was hurtful. However, right, like going back to my mission, I'm on a mission in life. Right. And I'm on a mission like my why is bigger than other people and their stuff. Right. Like, you know, my mission is to put my family in a better position than when I came into my family. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's my, that's my mission. That's my vision. That's what I'm doing. And when you are so laser focused on your vision like that, because again, it's bigger than you, there's Mm -hmm. other people, there's family that you're supporting, then it's so much easier to make these decisions. It's so much easier to make all types of decisions, like friendship decisions. Mm -hmm. I feel like, especially coming into entrepreneurship, it, I've gotten like a new sense of kind of seeing through bullshit even easier, I would say. <laughs> like you can kind of tell when people are trying to like use or social climb or whatever mm. it might be. And so I've been able to kind of have a little more discernment with who I want to be community with because you want to surround yourself with like-minded people. And along the way, you can you have the opportunity to, to do that yeah. and it kind of helps you on your journey. But at the same time, yeah, just having that discernment yeah. about what might yeah. not be good. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's it. And, you know, I, like I said earlier in the call, I am a fan of that there is enough for everybody to eat at the table. Yes. Okay. And that's how I am. And that's how I operate with my friends. That's how I operate in entrepreneurship. But I realized that isn't reciprocated, nor is that everyone else's philosophy. Some yes, people operate not sees that. from a scarcity mindset. Like, you know what? No, it can only be me. Like, I am going to the top. I mean, I'd rather bring people with me to the top. I'd rather have one thing that I've realized in entrepreneurship when I first started my brand, 
I had just had my son and we were kind of, you know, building up to the launch of my website, right? And my social media presence. And I thought that I could do it by myself. So, you know, after like my website was launched, my social media templates and everything was launched, you know, I was, I, I really got exposed to what entrepreneurship really is, right? And just you know, raw and just out write, there. Raw, <laughs> writing content, creating digital collateral, creating the posts, making sure that, you know, you're meeting your audiences across all of your social media platforms, newsletters, engaging with content via email. Like I'm like, oh no. Oh no. Really I can't do this in the face. <laughs> it slapped me in the face and I was like I can't do this by myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of my lessons that I've learned in entrepreneurship is that I have this vision, right? However, I can't I know that I need support to help me get to where I want to be. Right. Yes. I don't have all the answers. I know where my expertise lies and I know where it doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Marketing, yeah, it'll humble you. <laughs> that's not where it's at. So I got to I got to, you know, have a team around me. And so, you know, it's one of the lessons that I share when I talk about entrepreneurship. And the other side of that is that everybody isn't going to work as hard for your business as you are, right? So I've had to also let some people go, right? Because I'm like, this isn't a fit. I have a vision. I hired you to do X. If I'm still in the weeds or if I'm still doing these things and if I'm checking in with you, this is not why I hired you. Right. So yeah, it's supposed to be making your life a little easier and and get the machine going to outsource things. And it takes a lot to get to that point to outsource things. Because like you said, you love your business. It's it's your it's It's your your baby. baby. It's It's your your child. Like and you don't want to just hand your baby off to somebody. Like it's like, okay, this is how you hold it. This is this is how you do this job. So totally it's 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 a growing pain and something that like nothing prepares you for that. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? Because even in my day to day job, I have like avoided being a people manager because Mm -hmm. I'm like, me too, actually. You know, it's just, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging because there are different, you know, levels of experience, expectations, different personalities. And I've just been kind of, I'm like, you know what? I'd rather be a senior individual contributor. I'd rather be like a subject matter expert. I'd rather be someone, you know, that will help bring the team along. I just don't mm-hmm. want to manage the team because there's just um, a lot of stuff that comes with that. And I don't think middle level managers get paid enough to deal with the bullshit. That's at the middle level. Not. They said <laughs> in the middle. So I'd just be trying. But now in entrepreneur entrepreneurship and now that I have a team I'm like god damn I'm like I'm yeah. doing it I'm all I'm 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 all I'm doing it I'm all I'm managing people yeah, they're like psych I'm in- <laughs> <laughs> The thing that I avoided in my professional life is the very thing that I'm doing now, right? I've had to let people go. I've had to have really tough conversations about performance and just like, hey, like these are my expectations. What is going on? How can I help you? Because this is where my expectations are, right? And so I'm doing the very thing that I've avoided, right? So it's, it's a learning for me. I had the same experience. That's so funny, Danny. I had the same exact experience where I, you know, kind of avoided it. Sometimes I would like they, you know, they try it, but, um, but officially avoided it. And then, um, it was actually, that was a big challenge for me that I, you know, felt a little bit of insecurity about when I first started my business, to be totally honest, because I was like, wow, like I, I really haven't done, you know, the managing people and then now like a whole team type of thing. And so, I had to approach it slow and be gentle with myself to be like, you know, obviously it's about aligning with the right people. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously it's about people having like a shared vision that you have and it could be easy after that. Uh, Obviously there's the intricacies of, you know, having to let people go and have them talk about performance and that's not fun. Yeah. But I think it was easy to get over that fear when you start to realize like that you can attract really great people Mm -hmm. and and they can really help you build incredible things. Yes, you you were so right. And I think that, you know, that's a really good point is that even though you might have had to have that, you know, those conversations with certain people and, you know, you've kind of, those are uncomfortable conversations to have. There are people out there that understand your vision, right? And they get it, right? And they're going to help you, right? And Mm -hmm. they're going to treat your business like it's theirs. And I have been fortunate that that those 
you know, two or three bad experiences that I had with people that just wasn't for me professionally, right? As an entrepreneur, I've been able to find, at first I was like, you know what? I, I don't think I should hire anyone else. I just think I yeah, should just figure it, it out myself. Yeah. I am, make you feel I like am, that. Yeah. I'm so fortunate that that was only for a day. I just had to sit with it. And I was introduced to to someone, you know, other people who are phenomenal that, you know, is still part of my team now and, you know, have helped me to realize that there are, you know, needles in a haystack that mm-hmm. exist out there that will really help you and help drive and, you know, support you in your vision. And yeah. those are people that you want to have on your team, right? And, then and attracts personal, more. Yeah, right, right. And then your personal or professional board of directors. And I think that's yeah. really important. And because the, then, you know, then it comes back to that employee advocacy or brand, yeah. you know, they yeah. are proud to work with you. You guys have a line vision. You're building a great, you know, environment. And then they're they're championing you to other people and attracting more and more yeah. support. So it's being like really authentic like that is amazing. And I'm glad that like, it sounds like we both kind of taken our time to like, you know, really nurture this to make it fit us mm-hmm. rather than trying to jump into something. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to my mentor about that with my agency as well. Like I was like, you know, I had a, I used to shudder at the word agency because I think about, mm-hmm. you know, the big in, you know, the big uh, PR agencies that have really toxic work, work cultures and just scary places and just thinking Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I didn't even want to call myself an agency at first because that was the connotation I had. Mm -hmm. And then my mentor was, you know, so kind to remind me that like, no, like this, I'm such in uh, it's I'm one of one, like I'm such an original type of business. There's a lot of models that are similar, but what's like what I'm bringing to it. It's, you know, your own ethics, your own uh, values and things like mm-hmm. that that you bring to it and what you're curating in the team and the environment and all that stuff right. is what is what sets you apart. So you don't have to just be, you know, co- cookie cutter right. in any way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's about making things work for you mm-hmm. and you defining what agency means for your business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of going against that societal grain about you know, what we expect an agency to look and run like, you know, so yeah. I love that. Love yes, that. thank you. Yeah, we bring some, we're bringing fresh things to our industries. Yeah. And so to do that, though, you know, the, the hardest part about, you know, running a business, or one of the hard things about running a business, in my opinion, is, of course, because we have to end up doing kind of like, you know, the admin, you know, you have to kind of think about all the, the different areas mm-hmm. that you're not really mm-hmm. like when you're not in the work and you're more yeah. in, in the business. And yeah. so sometimes that can drain you, that can kind yes. of like bring you away from like your zone of expertise. So like, what, how do you keep that creativity? Do you have certain creative outlets that you really like? I know you said you like music, so I'd love to hear it's on your yeah. playlist as well. Yeah. So uh, yesterday, so um, I work in the Bay Area um, and I live a couple of hours from the Bay Area. So I go back and forth sometimes. And so yesterday was the Renaissance because I'm sad that the Renaissance tour is over. So I'm I'm like, let me, let me just, I'm like, this isn't going to be on my feed anymore. Like it was like, let me just listen to it. So definitely the Renaissance hands down. Absolutely. Classic. Um, (laughs) And then um usher so i'm uh i'm gonna be going to his show in vegas next month oh that's gonna be amazing he just announced he was doing a super bowl and he's going on tour next year mm-hmm. so i'm like you know what Perfect let me timing get, get right, in there right i'm like let me get my usher playlist going back and that's so like some was, inner child like healing yes, right there just to yes. see usher <laughs> Yes. So then I started listening to to the Confessions album, and I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, I missed this album. You can listen to it all the way through. Yes, you can. That's on my playlist. And then I was listening to Ja Rule because you know what? People slept on Ja Rule's impact on the 2000s. Yes, I think so. I think so. I think so. Like him, really, always on the radio. (laughs) Yeah, him and a Shanti era. I'm like, I love this. Like it just speaks to my soul. So that's definitely that's what's on my playlist right now. I love that. Yes, it's a little bit of new, a little bit of throwbacks. That's that's a, a, Mm -hmm. a lot of the same types of things I like to listen to. It's the nostalgia sometimes for me. 
Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I know you asked me about my playlist and I got distracted. Oh, no, just I any creative. Go I got distracted too because I was about to keep talking about Usher, but I wanted to ask more. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, um, but I want to keep uh, talking about your creative yes. outlets and how you keep generating ideas because that's the most yeah. important thing, you know? Yes, yes. And I just thought to myself the other day, I'm like, I don't even know how I'd be coming up with these things. I, I really don't. I, I think I think about if I was a client, like what would my client want to see? And one of the uh, series that I just created in my newsletter, because I try to like fi- try to find ways to refresh my content often. Yes. Right? I do have like sections that I include in my newsletter, like trending jobs. That was, you know, I, I, I started that a couple of months ago. But I started a day in the life series. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, where I ask my uh, clients who've successfully transitioned like a series of questions. And then I kind of created into like a long form narrative, you know, where they're able to kind of yeah. talk through their experience. And so Ooh, I love the storytelling. Yeah. So I've done two of those um, in my August and September newsletter. And so that idea just kind of just, I was just sitting doing my newsletter and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I need to refresh my content. How can I keep it, you know, you know, fresh and new and exciting and give people, you know, a different lens into the services that I offer from someone else's voice and experience. Also, um, I think the month of August was Black Business Month. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I don't know how I found that out. I think I was on social media or I think I, you know, looked it up somewhere. And I was like, ooh, I was like, let me spotlight my every week. I want to spotlight my favorite black businesses. Yeah. Right? I love that type so, of content. Yeah. So it's recommendations I like, you would give to a friend or something anyway. Exactly. So um, my brand designer who manages like my social media and my website, she like put together some reels for me. So I did my trademark attorney who's a black woman. I spotlighted her. Um, I spotlighted copywriters who I've worked with who are black women. And then I also spotlighted my uh, digital product specialist who like helps me think through like how do I monetize and get everything out of my mind and into a digital product right economically right for people so please introduce me by the way yes (laughs) I I definitely will her 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 team are amazing amazing person (laughs) yes yes um and so like for me it's just about like all right like these ideas just kind of come to me right and I just what I've started what I started to think about the uh, the other day is, all right, like these are random, right? And I have a team that kind of helps me bring this to life, right? Like I just probably need time where I just kind of think through these things, right? So w- another random idea that came to me, because I was on a, a different podcast and she sent me like a little cute mug afterwards. And I was like, oh, this is so cute. That's so I was sweet. Like, I was like, I want to do this for my clients. And so you know what I'm doing? I'm working with my designer to design like, a mug, right? Or something or like a, you know, I love, uh, you know, affirmation. So maybe it's a journal or something like that. That's perfect. That I'm, That's on brand. Yeah. Then I'm going to like send to my clients like towards the holidays and just kind of like thank them, right? For yeah. just staying in tune and connected with with my work and my, my vision and my mission. Um, but I also want to get into self-care boxes, right? Ooh. That I can sell on my website. So like I'm thinking about all the and these are just random ideas that come to me. I'm like, it's how can you? I- it's so authentic. Yeah. Like these are just p- parts of you. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about what you're saying is that I love what I'm hearing because yeah. you, I feel like you're at a point that a lot of people want to be at where yeah. you'll have the idea and then you have the help to bring it to fruition. Mm-hmm. Cause there's yeah. so many times you can have a million ideas. Like you said, weighing your brain down, you can put it in your notebook and then you can close your notebook and then you can never do any of that stuff uh, <laughs> so I know. to be I know. able to bring it to life is amazing. And a lot yeah. of that I can see comes from the support you have around you. Yes. Yes. And, and the support and the wheel to it's one thing to think about these things is another totally another thing to like ex- actually execute and drive yep. it right yep. and like you put the pieces in place you make the pieces happen and that's what I've always done in my career right I've never allowed anyone or anything to back me into a corner I have always been in the driver's seats right and I don't accept things that I think are unacceptable for myself or the the life that I know that I want to establish for myself and for my family. Say that. 
I think there's more than one way to win at life, right? And I that's just kind of like been my own like philosophy. Um, and so I take that same stride in my business, right? And I'm like, how can I continue to evolve, scale, and reimagine the way that I meet people and help people to to thrive, right, in their own lives, right? Not just survive, but to actually thrive. And mm-hmm. part of that is like self-care, I think, and being in the soft girl era right now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to align like new business models to what I would want if I was a consumer. That's amazing. That's that's the way to do it. And having that foundation of things that, again, lead back to you, and these are kind of an extension of things that you like, I feel like makes it like not only a great experience for people, but it's so memorable Yeah. in that way. So it's kind of like your signature thing. And you're inspiring me right now because I'm like, these are great ideas. And yeah. like, it's, it's such a nice way to build community by doing things mm-hmm. like that. And then also letting people know, like you said, who you are. So it's almost like a, it's like a love language to be able to like bring people in on your interests. So, okay. In your self-care box, ideally, what would you put? I think, so I love peach tea. So for sure, I'm going to put peach tea in there um, or some, some, some form of calming tea. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do like a self-care bingo card. I'm going to do like probably like a, a lip palm. I love candles always a candle. I'm going to do an affirmations journal and a mug because I love coffee and tea. So I feel like mugs are just cute. So I feel like that's, I feel like I have a long list of things, but I know my team is trying to like reel me in. (laughs) Um, But I feel like if like, I feel like that is like probably what I would put in in the self-care box. I'm sure there are other things that I am totally missing, but I'm thinking about the things that I use on a day-to-day, right? Consistently. Not something that's just like a one-time use. Girl, I love to see it. Like everything about the way you're moving in life and moving in your business is definitely impactful. And I love that you're living the soft girl life and era as we all should. And I'm wondering, you know, for some advice for people I'm thinking about, like, especially people who are kind of getting started and building up their brands. And, um, you know, I work with a lot of content creators and um, emerging business owners who are really trying to like get into this maybe like new territory of being self-employed and all that comes with it, which we know is a lot. Yes. Do you have any advice about channeling that main character energy and being able to kind of create the lifestyle you want? Like Mm -hmm. what would you kind of say to people just starting out? Yeah, I would say like finding your niche, being unapologetic that that's what you're good at, right? And identifying the areas where you might need support, right? The the learning that I had, I won't say mistake because I learned so much from what the learning mm. that I had was that like I am not good at everything, right? I am not good at marketing and content creation and, you know, uh, speaking, like doing reels and things like that, right? So how can I continue to grow my business, right? Knowing that I'm not good at those things, how can I find, you know, so finding people to kind of help me, you know, grow my business because I know that these things are, you know, in the formula for success, right? To help yeah. me continue to evolve. So knowing what my definition of success looks like and what's in that formula and like figuring out what are the ingredients that I need to get to that success. And that might be people to like help me, right? Or business coaches or mentors or, you know, different professional groups where I can like pick people's brains, Mm -hmm. right. To like figure out like what's, what works for me. I did not start my business with all of this knowledge. This has been learnings for me and talking to people and meeting with different people to kind of help me get there. And looking in the mirror and being honest with yourself. Cause it takes a lot to be like, you know what? I'm not good at everything. Like I like to think I'm good at a lot of things, but this is not my ministry. 
and yes. I'm okay with it. And okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I want to okay live soft life. So that's fine. You know what? I'm yeah. not going to even, I'm not going to try to be the best at everything. Like Exactly. Or even try to, you know, do it. Like if you know yeah. that like social media isn't your thing and you know that like it's a time commitment and it stresses you out, like maybe you want to create a content calendar and maybe bring an intern on to kind of like help you figure out what that looks like. So again, I think, I, yes, like entrepreneurship is great. Solo entrepreneurship is great, but you need a team. You need, even if, even if it's someone that you're not hiring, but just someone that you can exchange ideas with and bounce yes. ideas off with is so oh important. Goodness. So whether it's another entrepreneur where you all can just, you know, pour into each other or help each other get exposure. Like, I think that's, you know, really important. I think community is important. And I think knowing what's your ministry and what's not is really important. Oh, yeah. That is some tea right there, especially, 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 you know, having the right people around you. So even bounce ideas off of, because before I built a team, same thing. Like I had a couple of people who were in kind of the same journey as I am, you know, you know, network across, like we're all kind of figuring it out together that that saved me a lot of times. But I want to tell people who see these like large creators or see these like really popular, you know, speakers or social media personalities and think like, oh, I'm supposed to be there. People have teams. Like you said, like a lot of times you see an influencer, you see all the work they're doing, but like they have a team behind them yes. running all of this. Like right. it's not just them usually. T- typically right. it's not. It's not. They have videographers that follow them. Like, cause I mean, it's like, I'm like, I'm like, that video is so cool. Like, how do I do it? And then when I try to do it, I'm like, mine don't look like that. Right, so right. You're like, hold on a second. <laughs> it's a team. It's a team effort. And so, yes, yes, I, I agree with you. There's so many great, 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 great gems in here. I really appreciate you taking the time, Danny. We're going to put, of course, your information in the show notes, but tell us a little bit about where we can find you. Yes. Awesome. Uh, you can find me um, on the web at www.thrivelimitlessly.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at Thrive Limitlessly LLC. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to see your latest and greatest. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Thanks for listening to Main Character Energy. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating or a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow on social at Tifferdie and Main Character Energy Pod to access exclusive content and get a behind-the-scenes look as well as resources to help you become that bitch. See you next week.